Kindled podcast is brought to you by the generous support of our donors. If you want to join them in making this show possible, visit kindledpodcast.com slash give. Hello, and you are listening to episode 41 of Kindled, a podcast where women share stories of motherhood, work, and the grace we need for both. Today, I am talking with Toy Sweeney, an award-winning stylist, brand image strategist, and successful entrepreneur who puts professionals on the pathway to a more confident, coordinated appearance. Toy has more than 20 years of hands-on experience in the fashion industry, and today we're talking about how our appearance and our brand impacts our perceived value. Now, even if you're not an entrepreneur or own your own business, this episode is still going to have huge value and impact for you in your own personal life. Before we get started today, I also wanted to let you guys know that I have decided to take a break from publishing episodes for the season of Advent. Advent is the four weeks leading up to Christmas. It runs from Sunday, December 2nd to Monday, December 24th. I decided to do this just to take some time for myself and my family to not have that um, weekly, you know, feed, feed the podcast stream beast and be able to feed my own soul. I also still will be recording and I have some really exciting interviews lined up for the month of December so that I can just kind of come back in January refreshed and prepared with um, content and maybe get a little bit ahead of this of this whole publishing game, which has always eluded me. Um, we're also getting super close to the one year anniversary of Kindled. So I have some um, ideas up my sleeve. And if you want to be involved in what those ideas are, you're going to need to go follow me on Instagram to stay plugged in, um, where I will still be posting and active even while um, I'm not publishing episodes in December. So yeah, just make sure you're following me at hayleywilliams.kindled to stay in the loop as, uh, as I'll be making some announcements on there over the break. Okay, now on to my interview with Toy. So today on Kindled, we have Toy Sweeney here to talk with us. Thank you so much for being with us today, Toy. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. Well, I am honored that you are taking time out of your day. I actually heard you on StoryBrand podcast. When was it? Oh. Like in the last year, right? You know what? Somebody else said that to me last night. And I think that it was I don't know. actually 2015, 16, Seriously? 2016. Wow. I know. Wow. I, because I was, I was episode 10. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I apparently have been listening since the beginning, but I did hear you on there, but like your name didn't come up again until my friend Stephanie was like, oh my gosh, I know this awesome lady. You would love her. You should have her on the show. And then I was like, wait, I recognize that name. I have heard her before. So that's a small world. She's like, yeah, StoryBrand. I met Stephanie um, actually because we um, attended the StoryBrand uh, workshop together. Yeah. And then the work after the workshop, you know, it's great to go because you um, get an opportunity at, in those days, not now because the company uh, has grown mm-hmm. so large, but it really was about timing. And so anyway, at that time, Donald was running the workshops himself. And so we all got to meet him which yeah. was great. And then afterwards he asked me to be, be on this podcast. And so I was like, man, this is a crazy opportunity. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I love it. That's, that's really cool. It, it, it is pretty insane how much it's grown. <laughs> I mean, in just a few years, it is yeah. it gone from like small business to 
I mean, nationwide brand basically. (laughs) So yeah, I was excited to be a part of that. So it's nice to meet you officially. (laughs) Yes, you do. So Toy, can you tell us about your family and uh, your people? Um, Yes. So uh, let's see. So I am married and I am, sorry, I got distracted. Squirrel. Um, (laughs) So so I am married. I've been married for the last 18 years. We have a little eight-year-old boy. And um, as you and I were saying that we met um, through your friend, Stephanie, and Stephanie and I I were bonding over, you know, our infertility challenges um, at that time. So I am, um, I, I'm lucky enough to get to be Tucker's mom, but my sister-in-law at 53 carried my son for me um, because 10 years ago, this September actually, we, I suffered um, a uterine eruption and so my first child passed away. And so because of the um, horror, obviously, that was around that, um, I can't have children. Mm. And so we get to um, just kind of swim in the river of God's grace and uh, we get to be parents to Tucker via my sister-in-law. I mean, he's completely our DNA, but she just carried him for us. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of like my, my family story. And um, so I left my um, corporate job two years ago. So I was a style director at QVC, the number one home shopping network and um, where I had the opportunity to dress all the program hosts, all 30 of them. So I got to shop with them. We managed their closets and we managed their own, um, their on-air personalities. Mm -hmm. Um, Not their personalities, but just kind of their image rather. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then I just decided to try to branch out on my own and open up uh, the well-dressed brand. And so now I get to run and be the founder of the well-dressed brand. That's so cool. Yeah. So, so it's how, fun. how did you, I, there, I have so many questions, so I'm trying to decide which <laughs> direction I want to go first. Uh, um, before we get into your work. So how yes. back to your, your son. Yes. When you realized that you weren't going to be able to have children mm-hmm. biologically from your own body, how did that come about that you were that like your sister-in-law, did, I mean, did, did she offer? Did you like, how did that even come up? Yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's something in my opinion that you ask someone, you know, I would never ask. And so we were very lucky that we had a couple of people offer, um, but not everybody, mm-hmm. you know, you, it's just like with life, right? You have to really pray for wisdom and discernment and know the why, like, why are people offering to do it? And so the first person that had offered her, you know, when we really dug a little deeper, her intention behind it was for her to get the accolades. You know, when you strip back all the layers, she wanted mm. to receive all the attaboys. And I was very upfront about that with her. So it's like, I don't think that you are in this for the right reasons. Um, and mm. so, you know, we had a couple of other family members offer and we we're less like, no, <laughs> you know. And wow. so when my sister-in-law offered, I actually laughed because I was like, you're old. You can't. <laughs> You cannot, you know, and so we went to go visit visit a doctor who did our fertility and, you know, was able to get us pregnant through IVF. And he was just checking on us. He's so amazing. Dr. Michael Glasner in the Philadelphia area. And he was, you know, obviously broken and concerned and cared about us. And so we were just visiting with him after Miles' funeral and all that stuff. And I 
mentioned to him jokingly, I was like, so my sister-in-law <laughs> is 53 or 56 or whatever she was. And she wants to carry my child for me. Ha ha ha. And he said, well, actually, you know, your uterus doesn't age like the rest of you. And so if she has a history of good pregnancies, then she may actually be a good candidate. And I was like, what? (laughs) So um, the rest was kind of history. So I mentioned it to her. She flew down and yeah. And then that was, that was kind of it. And she lives, um, you know, in St. Louis. And so she, um, I didn't, I still got to have an opportunity to grieve the loss of miles and still know that she was kind of growing Tucker. So I had something to look forward to, which made it a little bit easier. Wow. You know? And so miles was your first son. Yeah. So he would have been 10 and Tucker is eight. So okay. that's kind of like I had that, you know, it takes up you're pregnant for about a year. And, you know, and so he had been gone a couple of like eight months or something like that. And so, um, yeah, so we just got to kind of, you know, really grieve together and hold on to each other and just Mm -hmm. pray through really as much as we possibly could during that time. And she would just, um, you know, send me pictures in the mail, you know, give me updates and everything. And then we flew out to St. Louis for his birth and then brought him home. Wow. That's awesome. It's so. <laughs> crazy. So, and then how, how far along were you with Miles when you had a uterine rupture? You said? I was about some, t- some of the memories because of that time was so traumatic. Mm-hmm. Get a little, I get lost on them a little bit. Um, and it was 10 years ago, but um, I think I was about six months. Okay. So we still had to have a funeral and all that stuff. Like yeah. I, I had to, you know, go through the whole thing and I had an opportunity to hold him and I wasn't processing, as you can imagine, I wasn't processing Mm -hmm. any of it at all, you know, and I just, it's funny how God works because I remember about three years prior, I had read this book that might be out of print or it's on Amazon for like $2, Um, but it's by the gospel singer Yolanda Adams and it's called Points of Power. And I remember reading in this book about um, her going through a divorce and losing, I think, of her parents or something. And she was talking about being able to reframe your reframe your mind that when something traumatic happens to you, if you can kind of get yourself to a place where you think and understand, you know, really kind of like Jeremiah 11, right? Like, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you. And you don't think that when you try for three years to get pregnant and then only end up having your uterus explode and then, oh, by the way, now you can't have children, right? You don't think that that you, there's no way you're going to think this is going to prosper me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I remember um, that it was around Christmas time and I remember being at uh, church and I remember it was like we were doing like a holiday cantata. And unfortunately for the people at my church, they had microphones like hanging from the ceiling. And so for the choir, but I went up to the altar to pray and all you could hear echoing through the church. I'm, I'm not embarrassed, but it's really, it was awful. Um, but all you could hear is me wailing at the altar. Mm. And I remember just really saying, it sounded terrible, but I was actually thanking God for him taking miles. And I just, because I remember saying, listening to the words of Yolanda Adams that whatever is coming must be so fantastic Mm -hmm. because this is so awful, you know? And I just kept saying over and over and over again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. I trust you. I trust you. Thank you. Thank you. And this was before my sister-in-law, you know, had offered to carry miles Mm -hmm. for us because when you were looking at, um, 
women to surrogates. There we go. Mm-hmm. When you're looking at surrogates, you know, it was like upwards of like $200,000. I'm like, I don't have that kind of money yeah. you know, um, to do that. And God bless the people that do. And it can be kind of unattached, but it worked out better for us. And so I just remember that lesson and just learning that and, and being able to apply it in my moment of need. And it worked out for us, which ended up obviously being fantastic because yeah. If you <laughs> go into my Facebook and you look through all the, I don't have many on there now, all the stories of Tucker and his lively personality. He is so beautiful and he's so hilarious. And he just makes me full belly laugh every day. Mm-hmm. And um, we just get to really enjoy it. We really enjoy him and being parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have all the stuff that comes along with it where you just want to you know, like, are you kidding me? You have days, yeah. but you know, he wishes there was like 10 more kids in the house, but, um, mm. you know, but, but it's yeah. a good time. It's yeah. a good time. That is incredible. Wow. What a, uh, what a sacrifice too. I mean, like, it sounds like your sister-in-law was like excited and happy to be able to help, but like just mm-hmm. that sacrificial, like carrying, literally carrying one another's burdens, like of your, yeah. your child, like that's, <laughs> that's pretty awesome. I mean, yeah. And it's, she was married, you know, at the time. And it was like weird. Cause her husband would be like, you know, they're in their fifties and they're like, he, he's like, well, Karen's pregnant and it's not my baby. Like that was his joke. <laughs> so he that all the time. Well, he's like, well, my wife's expecting and it's not my child, you know, oh, and everybody's like, what, you know, yeah. and she's a nurse and she didn't tell her staff until she was probably eight months pregnant. And so they didn't, they couldn't tell because, you know, they get to wear scrubs all the time. And so it was really sweet because once they found out, oh my word, they just kept taking like her blood pressure. They want to do ultrasounds every day. So now whenever he goes to visit her, he's seen all these people that have known him since he was like in the belly. (laughs) And so they get really excited. It's like a celebrity when he gets, when he goes to St. Louis. (laughs) That is awesome. I am distracted by the fact that nobody could tell she was pregnant until she was eight months. Well, I don't even think then, I think it's just because, you know, I I don't know like how tall you are, but I think that it depends on like your body shape and how you carry. Mm -hmm. But my husband is not that tall. Yeah, I'm not either. And so it's like, I'm like right out there. And so because like my husband is six, five. And Mm -hmm. so all of his sisters are like five, nine, five, 10 and they're curvy. And so I think that because she's so tall and she probably was like a 14 around that size, 14 around that time. And she just really, she carried so well. And honestly, she just didn't look Pregnant. Tucker was literally standing up inside of her. Yeah, he probably <laughs> he wasn't in the ball. He was just he standing there. Like, I'm here. And she just didn't like she, you know, she would still play with her other grandkids. And there's pictures of her wearing overalls. And I know she's clearly like eight months pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I think that people looked at her and they thought, there's no way this woman who's mm-hmm. well into right. her, there's no way she's yeah. pregnant. So she clearly is just fat. You know right. what I mean? So they just thought that she had put on extra weight, but they didn't know. Yeah. Well, it's like your brain tells you that's impossible. Like they wouldn't know that person wouldn't be pregnant. Yeah, exactly. And Mm -hmm. so I think it was that. And then also, you know, you're wearing these huge scrubs. And so people are just like, oh, she's putting on a little weight, I guess. But (laughs) they just, they didn't know. And I just think it's funny too. Like, how could you not know? Right. I know. Cause I'm like, I'm picturing myself back at, you know, even four or five months pregnant. I'm like, you could absolutely... tell. I mean, there's just no, when I was seven months pregnant, I was getting comments. My mom got remarried when I was about seven months pregnant with my first daughter and wearing the dress as a bridesmaid, it was um, like an empire waist. So it hung off my stomach. So it literally just made me look bigger because it didn't like fit the actual shape. 
And I was getting comments like, are you sure it's not twins? Wow. Oh my gosh, are you due tomorrow? Like, oh, you have two months left? Oh, like I was like, somebody's going to lose a tooth because I'm yeah. going to punch you in the mouth if you say one yeah. more thing. Like People don't realize. It's yes. just like, come on, if you can just just keep those words in your mouth and if you can't say kind things and, and they don't even realize it, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, you think it because we're human, but I think that I've gotten it. Like if I see someone and I'm like, you know, I'm like, are you ready? How are you feeling? You know? Yeah. And then I always look them in the face and say, you look beautiful. Exactly. I right. always do that because you don't know what, how they're feeling, you know, you're very rarely feeling beautiful. You right. know, I mean, even if you are like, you're not feeling it, you know? Right. <laughs> oh man. That's awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's really, that's really cool. So then how, how did it come about that you decided to leave QVC and start your own business? And you obviously, you know, have this skill and this talent for dressing people and an understanding brand and how that relates to perceived value of mm-hmm. individuals and companies and all that. It's just really interesting. How did you get into all of this? So when I, while I was at QVC, I had take, I was really frustrated um, in my, in my career. And I tell, I think I lay the story out, <clears throat> excuse me, in my book, um, Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand, which is only on iTunes, but I kind of lay the whole thing out in there too, but it was really, you know, I was really frustrated and stuck in my career because I had I just wasn't moving forward. And the way that the infrastructure was at that time was that there was nowhere for me really to be promoted to. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I was just clicking on hours or years on my resume. Mm-hmm. So anytime I was gaining any extra knowledge or whatever, it had to be up to me. And so thank God I'm a life learner and I love to, you know, I read books and all in articles and I kind of stay up on everything as much as I possibly can you know, because I just like to learn. And so I had come across, I was really looking for a way to kind of level up at work. And um, I was taking notice of like what my coworkers were good at, that where I was falling short and things like that. And I stumbled across Dory Clark's first book um, about brand. I don't, maybe she was the second brand book I read, but anyway, I was reading, I, it was like a cluster of like all these branding books when um, the the phrase personal branding was just starting to really hit the market. So I was reading every book that I could possibly read. And I remember Dory Clark's was like the first or the second book that I read. And so every time I consume something like that, Haley, my question is, how does that relate to fashion? How does that relate to people rather? How does that relate to what I'm doing? And so I started out um, at this point, I was a full-time fashion stylist at QVC. So I was only dressing the models backstage for the live show which is a huge deal. It's a lot of, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and a lot of stress and not like stress in a bad way. That's not the right word. It's very high pace. There it is. And so, cause it's live. And so um, like now I can do it with my eyes closed because I've done it so long mm-hmm. and you learn to respect time completely different at QVC. Like until I worked there, three minutes was not a lot of time to me. And mm-hmm. everything becomes minutes. Like I could, I know how long it takes me to eat a bowl of cereal. I know how long it takes me. So you just wow. have a, anyway, you just have a different perspective on time. But anyway, so I started to lay some groundwork for, for personal branding. So I said, what would happen if I start to dress models according to their real life personalities? And I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. And so there was one who was very like on, in her outside life of QVC was very upscale. She Um, had this brand that was very elegant and she was not a Billy about drama. And she, you know, she drove a Mercedes and she, you know, she was just really like this kind of boss girl. Mm -hmm. And then you had one who 
was beautiful, but she was kind of a tomboy. And she, you know, she was very down to earth and she was like very, you know, she's the girl next door that everybody wants to be because she just like, she's a mom of a boy and her husband's a detective and she just had this cool kind of like life. So, and then we had one that used to be a ballet dancer who was very tall and very elegant and la 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 la. So every, through every show, I would kind of merge the brand of QVC, their personal brand, and then whatever item that, that we were presenting into one. And I just tried it out. And then I could see that they started to like it. So the one girl wouldn't, she never really wore, she never really wore jeans. And so I would always put her in dresses. Like if I had a dress cell, she was like, just all those types of things. Mm-hmm. And so they start saying things like, I would really, I would actually wear this outfit. And Wow. And then the host started to to comment on it on, online. I'm like, man, I might be onto something. And so I saw an opportunity to get promoted to um, senior stylist. I call the same title styles director because I perform the functions of a styles director. So once I kind of tested the waters with them, I tested it with the program host. So they were split up into half. So I had 15 and then my other coworker had 15 that we styled. And so I started to do it with them. I said, okay, like, what if we dress all of them? And I got my boss on board, you know, from their personality. So they all look very different on air. Well, then it started to happen on the threads where the customers were saying, I don't know what's going on with you guys, but you all look like yourselves and you look really different and you all look cool. Mm. And, you know, it was, we really started to use the, the color of psychology. And so I was like, man, you've got to be kidding me. And so also when I took on the role, and style director, I, the, the, it's all about questions. And so then I said, well, what would happen if I use it on myself? Because now that I'm in this role that has a ton of visibility in the company and I'm, and I'm implementing these strategies, how does that, if, like, can you change your perceived value and the way that someone sees you by the way you dress? So what I started to do, I said, okay, I'm going to test it out. So for a year straight, I wore only what I consider to be a very elegant color palette. So I would only wear gray, ivory, black, and navy to work. Hmm. Um, I rarely wore bright colors at all. And so I found this gold necklace that in big letters just said chic on it. And so I did that and then I would wear, so Fridays were like, was like dress down day. So then I would wear like Miss Say jeans, a graphic tee that said chic. And then I would wear a blazer that said that like a black blazer and just killer shoes. Every meeting, every, I was always just kind of like, I want, how do I want to be seen? So I want to be seen as the authority. I want to be considered very chic and da, 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 da. So I never said these words to anyone again. I just kind of put that out there. And that's what I mean by I'm saying dress your message. So dress in a way that you want to be um, perceived. And so that was the way that I wanted to be perceived. So this is where I tested the water. So I was probably about a year had gone by. I had stopped wearing the chic mess, the chic necklace. And so, I mean, I just, whatever. So I was in the bathroom one day and I ran into the president of our company and we walk out of, you know, she comes out of her stall, come out of mine. We were at the sink washing our hands and she, you know, she drying her hands with a paper towel. And she turns to me and she says, she looks me up and down and she said, you know, you always look so chic. And I thought you've got to be kidding me. Oh my gosh. I was like, this stuff works. I was like, man, okay. And you weren't wearing so, the necklace? No, I was not. And <sighs> I thought that it was funny because, um, I was like, oh my goodness, it worked. And it was just staying within a certain color palette and really doing what I considered to be chic and mm-hmm. to see if other people could pick up on it. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and so, and then on the flip side, as far as just me to learning and just really trying to be so very good that, that I couldn't be ignored. I had also built a per- personal brand in the building that someone, one of my coworkers stopped me one day and she said, I'm so very proud of you. And I said, why? And she said, because, you know, I was in a meeting today and someone, everyone's rolling out their projects and someone's giving a presentation at the end of the presentation, someone raised their hand and said, did we run any of this by toy? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, <laughs> you know, she's like, you've built such a brand for yourself that what you say matters in this company and how things are put out there from the image perspective, mm-hmm. you know, and I thought, oh man, you know, I really kind of made it, you know, so yeah. I decided to leave because I had really done everything that I had come to do there. And I really believed that these things work. I thought that I could help other women and teach them how to do it. The position was going in a different direction that was going kind of backwards. Mm-hmm. And so, and I really wanted to continue on the path that I was. And so I just decided to leave and I tell you, it was amazing. So the first year I wrote my book, Secrets of a Well-Dressed Brand, I had a feature on Forbes.com. I was featured on BBCnews.com and I was featured on, on like 12 different podcasts mm-hmm. um, that year as well. And so that was just year one. And so I was like, man, what, <laughs> what wow. is year two going to look like? And then this year for year two, I had an opportunity to be on Rachel Hollis's podcast. I have an opportunity to be on your podcast. Woohoo! Yes. <laughs> and, you know, and I spoke at, you know, the Rise Conference and um, I got to go to different conferences. And so, you know, it's not bad. So I'm very happy. And, you know, I'm getting to work with all these amazing women and moms and things, just sharing what I know to help them to be able to level up and get to wherever it is that they want to be. I love that. So what a cool story and just evidence that like when you are, when you are doing what you were created to do, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, it's not as a, a, a striving. It is, I mean, there is hard work involved, obviously. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. oh, it's just, it just fell into your lap. Like you still had to work, <laughs> but it was like, when you took that thought of like, what if I follow this thing that makes sense to me. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like everything started, you're, you're, you started really building a brand. You started, people started noticing it started doing the work for you in some ways because you were just showing up and kind of doing what you knew was within you, um, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah. Inspiring for, for a lot of women who are you know <laughs> trying to figure out what that is for them. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry to interrupt this episode, but I have to ask you a favor. It's not to buy my product or someone else's, but it's to spread hope. I want to take a quick second to invite you to share Kindled with a friend. Kindled, after all, does mean to light, ignite, set fire to, arouse, or awaken. My prayer and hope is that every episode of this show ignites in you hope and fans into flame the gifts and skills that God has given you. That the various stories and women you hear from would ignite in you a fervor for God and His glory and a desire to live more fully into what He's calling you to. One simple and real way you can do that is by sharing this episode with a friend right now. Screenshot it and add it to your stories on Facebook or Instagram, or maybe text it to a friend. Maybe this is a neighbor, a mom from preschool or your kid's elementary school, a fellow entrepreneur, a stay-at-home mom, or maybe your sister-in-law. Your words mean so much more than you know. Your recommendation is your stamp of approval and people trust you. So if you love this show and it has encouraged you, please share it with just one mom who could use the hope and encouragement today, which isn't that really all of us? 
And last, if you want to go a step further to support Kindled and keep it around, you can give a one-time or a regular gift by going to kindledpodcast.com slash give. Your website, you say, I help you dress your message and mm-hmm. increase your perceived value. That's mm-hmm. kind of like your your story brand, right? Right. <laughs> um, so what does it mean to dress your message? Like you you described for you, like how how does someone like me, I mean... And this is actually timely because after our interview, I'm going to a meeting with a client mm-hmm. and for my um, marketing job, like my, my quote unquote day job. So I have a web design and marketing business. And this is a client that they're like, they emailed me and they're like, so we want to, we want to meet with you to see how we can increase our marketing spend this year, which basically just means like, how else can you help us? Is there more we could be doing with you? We're ready. And so for me, this is really timely. I'm like, okay, what should I wear? What should I wear to, to increase my perceived value here? Like, tell me, I wish you were here. You could just come to my closet and tell me what to yeah. wear. Well, it's fine. You but but just what does that mean? FaceTime. Like, yeah, yeah. What does that mean to, to sort so, of dress your message? So it really comes down to, you know, what I said before in the sense of like you, the first thing you want to, um, so I'm going to tell you what how to do it and then, and um, through that, I think you'll get what it means. I, um, hopefully I'll answer the question hmm. right. Okay. So what I would, so the first thing you want to ask yourself is how do you want to be seen, right? Because your personal brand is going to enter the door before you do. And so as you are walking into the meeting place and, or you're sitting or whatever, a person and everyone in that room is taking you in. So they're looking at your hair, your handbags, your shoes. In the first nine seconds, they're deciding if they can trust you, if they want to do business with you, if they think you're attractive, if they're going to hire you. You have nine seconds because with our smartphones, we've learned how to multitask in a sense, or at least jump from task to task to task to task. Mm -hmm. And so it no longer takes us the 12 seconds that it did years ago to kind of come up to give a summation of someone. So it's Mm -hmm. been down to nine seconds. So you can't build a relationship in nine seconds. And so you have to have a personal brand. So the first thing you want to do is decide when I'm meeting with this client or I'm meeting with this teacher or I'm, you know, on this job interview or, you know, running snacks at school, whatever it is, what do I want people to think, feel, or know about me? Mm Mm-hmm. And then once you decide what that is, and so the way, the way I help my clients do that is I do, I have a style test that I created that tells you exactly what your style is. And it'll go through if you're creative, if you're, um, you know, if you like just separates, um, all the things you kind of know what your style recipe is. So, you know, like what pieces you should wear, like, oh, I actually don't love you know, pants. So I'm going to wear a dress or I'm really not a dress person. I rather wear jeans. Okay. So now that we know you're wearing jeans to this, you know, because that's what you're going to be more comfortable in and feel more powerful. And we kind of go through and each of the seven style buckets on the test explains to you who you are from a style perspective. So Mm -hmm. on my test, I test as what, what am I? I am dramatic and polished. And so, <laughs> and so, um, that goes back to being pulled together and very chic. And so, I'm always going to be wearing something that adds a little drama to the outfit, right? So, so that's what it means. And so, you know, you really like again, you want to put your message out there because it comes because it comes into the door before you do. So, mm-hmm. in my book, I t- tell I cite this this test that was done. I believe it was Stanford University. 
And it was the person who's running, not their culinary department, but he specializes basically in like restaurants and food. So I took a theory um, and the perceived value from that um, idea. So the cake theory in my book is so he, they, they, they bake this chocolate cake, right? And so they do a series of tests where they give one group of people. So think again about your image the whole time, right? So they give one group of people the cake on a napkin. And then they give another group of like 10 people or whatever it was, the same cake on a paper plate. And then they give this another group of people the same cake on Wedgwood China. And so the difference was the people who had the cake on a paper plate or a napkin was like, oh, this cake is really, this cake is good. And then the people who had it on the paper plate said, oh, this cake was really, really good. And then the people who had it on the Wedgwood China thought that the cake was remarkable and they were willing to pay three times more. Wow. Let that sink in for a second. So if you're showing up places in your pajamas and your sweatpants and your hair is, you know, half done and you didn't bother to put on, you know, at least like a tinted moisturizer or BB or CC cream or something and lip gloss, whatever, whatever it is, your thing that makes you feel the best. Mm-hmm it's obvious, Mm -hmm. you know, and people, unfortunately, it's such a, people are still judging and it's such an exceptional time, Haley, to be a woman where we're accepting more of each other and we are rallying each other on and your size doesn't matter. And none of those things matter, but your brand still does matter. Mm -hmm. And so whether you're addressing a two or 22, you still have to show up. Mm -hmm. And so that's really what it's about. It's about how you're the icing on the cake, so to speak, mm-hmm. you know, it's that you are, you are the brand. So you have to dress the message. You are the walking billboard for whatever it is that you are doing in life. And so that's what it means. It's like, so that's what it means to dress your message. And then that's what the perceived value is. And so like, how are you taking your personality, your image, your mission, you know, your vision and you're packaging it it up because you are a product. You are Mm -hmm. the product, right? Mm -hmm. And so what do we all do? What's your favorite thing that you just bought on Amazon? You know, when you got it in the mail, you notice how it was packaged. When you give a gift, right? You take time to wrap it or choose the right bag or choose the right. It all is the same in reference to your image as well. Mm -hmm. And so I hope I answered your question, but yeah, yeah, it's like, that's what, that's what it is, you know? Yeah, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. And and I think as someone who's a, a creative entrepreneur, I personally have struggled in the past with, I, I see, I, I really see the tie between perceived value mm-hmm. and and how you put yourself out there. Because although I, my skills have increased over the years, so yes, like my prices can increase. A lot of it has had to do with how I perceived myself, you know, absolutely. and my own perception of, what I was worth, not mm-hmm. as a human, but as someone to work with, you know, like, well, how much can I help you as a, as a business? How much value can I add to you by solving your problems? Mm-hmm. A lot of it has just been in line with my mindset. So it's mm-hmm. like, my skills have not exponentially increased in web design from three years ago to today. Now, yes, I'm better, but it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm worlds apart. Like I was I functionally kind of was creating the same thing. It just, it got better. It looked sleeker or it was a little more optimized or whatever, but most of it has had to do with my own perception of myself. And so I guess what I'm getting at is I, I think that this whole concept of personal brand has almost as much to do with ourselves, like thinking and recognizing our own dignity as, you know, individuals and women and unique 
creative, you know, we all have some different thing that we bring to the table. Like you said, your test, like what's your version. And, Mm -hmm. and I think it has a lot to do for people with how they think about themselves and it's everything feeling good about yourself. And and Mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm thinking about the mom listening. Who's like, well, I don't have a business. I don't have, you know, a company. Maybe I don't have a product that I'm trying to sell or service I'm selling. So this doesn't apply to me. Yeah, but it does. Why does it apply to her? And can you explain why why this whole concept yeah. or, or isn't a isn't a waste or, or doesn't need to fall in deaf ears? No. So I think that um, you know, well, it does apply to you because you're still building a legacy. Because especially if you have a family, mm-hmm. and if you don't have a family or in your or you're single, you know, you still want you're still building a legacy and a brand of who you are mm-hmm. and what you leave behind. Right? It's kind of like your personal blueprint, and that's what we're talking about. And so. What you feel and who you are in the inside, it will eventually come out good, bad, or indifferent. And so, you know, and so that's why I always talk to my tribe about the importance of it's, it's inside out. And that's why my book is laid out that way, because I'm saying, listen, you have got to understand that number one, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Number two, you know, your mind and being mentally strong is so important. And so even though it's a branding and style book, I talk about the importance of having a spiritual life. And then I also talk about why what you wear matters. This is what we're talking about today. And so you know, it's really comes down to legacy. So even if you are a stay at home mom, that is not a small task. You are running a business because your family and you know what I mean? It's like, you are the marketing Mm -hmm. department, you are the travel department in most cases, you know, you're running a cleaning business, you're running, uh, you know, you're you're a personal chef, you know, you're like, you know, snack mom 2000, you know, you're doing all the things. Right. And so, and then if you're a working mom, you know, you have multiply that by like three. And so, um, you know, you're doing all the things. And so you, the question then becomes, what legacy do I want to leave behind? You know, do you want to be known as the type of mom that's going to build your kids up or tear them down? Do you want to be the type of mom that man, when she, pulls up here, she always has it together. You know what I mean? And so none of us really have it together, but do you at least look like you have it together? You know, and I'm not hearing you say like, you have to wear stiletto heels and jeans every day when you get your kids up for school. Like, no, you're, I don't think it sounds like as I was picturing, like, well, what would that look like for, for me on the days where I'm not going to be seen by clients or it, it, you know, and I'm not having meetings. I think, you know, I wear leggings when every day when I get up, I put on some version of uh, leggings, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, and so, but then, but for me, I think, and I'm speaking out of turn because I'm putting words in your mouth, but no. I'm just interpreting saying like, so you do that well, like, Absolutely. don't just like, you know, slob around. Cause I don't feel good when I am that way. Like now it's obviously some days I don't wear makeup or some days I don't shower or do my hair, but to some degree I try and I want to feel good about myself. So if that's what I feel good on that day doing, then that's okay. But if I don't feel good, that's what's the problem, Oh, absolutely. And that's exactly what I'm saying is that it's not about, um, because we just don't, we're busy. We don't really have time to wear those shoes that only look good for dinner if somebody's going to pull around the car and pick you up. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I don't know at what point I kind of stopped wearing jeans and like leggings became my jam. But, (laughs) but -hmm. now that I work from home, I'm, you know, I'm with you because we're doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. We're getting up, we're getting our kids to school, kids to school, you know, we're coming back Mm -hmm. sometimes we're meeting with clients, you know, or whatever. But my version of it um, is, 
that, you know, I, I think I have like seven pair of just black leggings, you know, from Nordstrom Rack or Target or whatever, you know, fits me or that I yeah. love. And so, and then I have leggings for everything. Right. And so, and then I have, you know, and if I'm meeting with a client, then I have some that are, you know, leather or I have like whatever, but I need to be comfortable, number one. And yeah. then, mm-hmm. so, and then I have this, this cashmere tunic uh, that I wear over it. So I actually have a meeting in New York coming up. that's really big. And I was thinking last night, like, what am I going to wear to this meeting? Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, like, why don't overthink it. I have this really beautiful, you know, Tahari sweater. And I have also this tunic length, like cashmere sweater that's black. And I usually wear that with my leggings and then I will do mm-hmm. designer boots. So I encourage everyone if you can to spend your money on your accessories you know because Mm -hmm. no one cares if your jeans are from target you can't even tell if they are or not because denim has come such a long way you know and Mm -hmm. so you know where where was a cute little top that you picked up from tiger but get a great blazer if that's your thing or beautiful sweater to wear over it if that's your thing you know or whatever and then you know if you're sitting in a chair Haley. Um, like let's mm-hmm. say I'm, you're sitting in Starbucks and you're meeting your clients, right? Or the moms out there, or you're meeting another mom for coffee or whatever it is. You can have on your yoga pants, you know, have your hair up in a cute little top knot, throw on a, you know, a nice lip stain, some bronzer mm-hmm. on your cheeks, <laughs> you know, your cute yep. little puffer mm-hmm. coat, or, you know, or sweater, or whatever, sweatshirt, depending on where you live. And you have this beautiful leather handbag hanging off the chair. No one's gonna question. Like you just look expensive, like automatically. You know, I mean, you (laughs) do. Like you know, we've all seen them. You know, and like Mm -hmm. you know, you see the girl in her Gucci sunglasses and her Gucci bag, and then she can be wearing like I don't know, only God knows what. Just t-shirt and jeans. You don't know how. You don't know if that's a three hundred dollar t-shirt or the Target version. You have no idea. But in Mm -hmm. your mind, you've already told yourself a story about her. So yeah, it really is about like, just love thinking about leveling up regardless of where you are, because it mm-hmm. science supports the theory that it enhances mm-hmm. your performance. You guys, it really does. And you can yep. change mm-hmm. the way a person thinks about it. It's so powerful that I'm really shocked that I'm not, that more people aren't talking about it, you know, because it really like, we are so much more powerful than we even um, imagine, you know? Yeah. Well, one reason maybe that I think there's a perception that we can't talk about image because, you know, we shouldn't care about how we look or we shouldn't care. We should be so like, um, as believers or as Christians, like, you know, oh, like caring about beauty or caring about fashion is, I don't know, what's the word? Yeah. It's simple. Right. Or you just want to be like, you know, it's like, oh, well, you want to, is that falling under the umbrella of being in the world, but not of the world? But when you look at Esther, you know, when you read the book of Esther, she spent, what was it, a year before she went before the king getting beauty treatments. So, I mean, when you, it it literally says like, and they go through all the Mm -hmm. things that she did because she couldn't just pop up in front of him the way mm-hmm. that she was, it was mm-hmm. not acceptable. Yeah. And so, you know, I look at it that way as it's the same thing that it is fine. It's fine. If you want to go out that yeah. way and you want to do that thing, but I'm telling you psychologically, it's going to change the way that you think and it's going to change the way that mm-hmm. you feel. And so when people, you know, they have these studies out there, I actually have it in front of me. It's this article that you can Google, I'm sure, says dress for success, how clothes influence um, our performance. And they're talking Mm -hmm. about, they're citing a study that was in a paper and from August, 2015 in social psychology and personal science. 
where they asked subjects, some of them to dress formal and some of them to dress casual. And they found that the ones that dressed up were more creative. They were more strategic. um, They felt more powerful. Um, And then I cite some other studies in my book as well. And so it has a psychological effect on on us all where we stand a little taller. Like I was telling you um, about some Mm -hmm. things that I had gone on in my family yesterday. And so when I, I was up from three in the morning yesterday until I went to bed at like 1130 last night. So as you can imagine, I was exhausted. Wow. And so after I got my son out the door, I went back to bed, which I don't typically do, but I was so tired. And I set my alarm to make sure that I was here for you this morning. Mm-hmm. And I looked down and I was wow. like, oh my goodness, I need to take my own advice, you know? And so I changed my shirt and I brushed my teeth <laughs> and mm-hmm. I put on my, you know, tinted moisturizer and some blush. And, uh, you know, I was like, I know we're not using video, but it's not about that. I need to be able to, yeah. to feel good because everything like Rome is burning all around me, you know, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, yeah. okay, but I can still show up and it makes a huge difference. And then we're going to hang up from this and I'm going to go run and grab my kid from school. And then I'm off and running for the remainder of the day. And so, right. There's just some, and I think you're talking about like, it's dressing for the job that you have. And and I've heard that saying like, dress for the job you want, not the job you have. But I think like, what I mean is if you're a mom and you've got like little kids, well, for you to wear jeans and a blazer and high heels would be ridiculous. Like that wouldn't, that would not be, it would not serve you or your family or your children, mm-hmm. but like wearing comfortable leggings and cute tennis shoes. And yes. like you said, looking at yourself for five seconds in the mirror and being like, I am going to feel good about myself today and and know that that's flowing from the inside out and starting with your spirit and your mindset and Mm -hmm. then working its way onto your face or your hair. It's not about, you know, oh, I've got to try and make myself believe that I'm something that I'm not. It's if it doesn't start inside, Mm -hmm. it doesn't last. No, it doesn't care. (laughs) I know a hundred percent that like when I am at least semi-prepared for the day, like today, like this is second day hair, but I did do my tinted moisturizer, my (laughs) mascara and my blush and it's like chapstick, like all that. It's, it's enough for me to be like, I'm a, I'm a person yeah. <laughs> like, and, and just even give myself the dignity of the time to get ready for my day. You know, mm-hmm. I get my kids ready. I expect my husband to go to work dressed appropriately right. and with gel in his hair <laughs> and deodorant <laughs> on, you know, and yet I, what am I just going to, oh, well, I don't matter. You right. know, I'm, I don't have time for that. Like that's silly. And, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that I'm the only one who sort of sometimes has this old, like really outdated voice in my head saying that I shouldn't care, but I do care. I mean, I do yeah. care. And I like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know if other other women probably have struggle with some sort of version of you don't need to care, but I do. And I'm okay with caring. I love caring. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. And I think that, you know, like we said, you have, you have to do it. And if you choose not to, then that's fine. But I tell you what, what I've learned in all of this is that no, none of us have time. Okay. We really, we don't, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, you were, you got a little preview into my life today and you were so sweet, you know, <laughs> and like, do you want to reschedule? I'm like, no, because we don't have time, but we have to make time. So if that means that you get up, you know, I get up at 5am every day because yeah. it's important for me to have that time. Cause I know for me that if I am not taking 30 minutes every morning and spending time in my Bible or, you know, to just read a devotion or just to have that time and just be quiet, I'm going to be a little bit lesser of a mom when I need to wake up my son at six, you know? And um, so it's important for you to kind of take that time. And then, you know, with me choosing to have put water in my body, which I, you know, in, as opposed to something else, Mm -hmm. 
you know, all those things that contribute to me feeling good. We know what we all need to do. We just don't do it. So you're deciding Mm -hmm. every choice that we make is either getting us closer to our goals or further away. Every choice that we make is either getting us closer to God or, or further away. And so you get to choose. And so that really is what we're trying to say. So why would you not choose to spend that time with God or to spend that time with your kids, you know, and you're setting examples, especially if you have daughters, you are teaching them so much about what you do. They don't care about what you say. They're only watching what you do. And so Mm -hmm. if you're telling her that it doesn't matter how you show up, and again, going back to addressing your message, you know, if you don't want to be perceived as someone who is promiscuous or, well, I don't even know, like whatever, insert whatever word it is that you kind of see is, say, see as taboo in your mind, all of that is a choice, right? But if you don't want to be seen as X, Y, and Z, then don't dress like X, Y, and Z, you know, don't show up Mm -hmm. to school with the booty shorts and the Uggs on if you don't, you know, but if that's the message that you want to put out there, then by all means, girl, knock it out. But you have to decide. And that's what I'm saying that you can't tell, we can't tell our girls, be strong, stand up for yourself, do Mm -hmm. all these things and then send them out into the world dressed like prostitutes. Like you just can't, you know, like, I don't, you know, I just, I don't get it. And then like, you know, obviously men should take us seriously regardless of what we have on. But the reality of it again is that they don't. And so it does that transfers into transfers into uh, us being adult women too, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you're wondering why people aren't taking you serious as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, I was going to say we could have an entire podcast episode (laughs) on um, what girls are wearing on college campuses today. I don't know when the last time you were on a college campus was. I mean, there's like seven schools around Philly, Uh, right? So I'm sure it hasn't been too long, but oh my gosh. Wow. I'm so glad I went to college when I did because when I recently, I don't remember why I was on KU's campus and I like looked around and was like, "Um, (laughs) what are you guys... I think you forgot to get dressed. I think you just hopped out of the shower Mm -hmm. in your little see-through shirt. And like you were saying, it's like, oh my gosh, the the booty shorts, the leggings and the Uggs. Yeah. And, I mean, and it's funny. I wore my fair share of leggings and Uggs, but I, I at least had a shirt on, you know? Yeah, you know, and some of the leggings are footless tights. They're actually not pants. So you can see through them. So it's uh-huh. like cash yep. prizes. And that's, I think that's the point. Right. It's like cash and prizes that's, that for everyone. Like put those things away. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, what qualifies as a shirt today is just, it blows right. my mind. I'm like, that is a shirt. That's in my day. That was a bra, but that is a shirt. Yet. That is a shirt. Okay. I am so, I am. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was reading an interesting study the other day that's talking about, um, is it Gen Z, um, right under the millennials. So it's swinging back around because they care a lot about their image. A lot, which I think is very interesting because I do think the millennials get such a bad break about them not caring about not much of anything, but, um, you know, and I don't think that that's true of all of them to be quite Mm -hmm. fair, but I think Mm -hmm. it's very interesting that the, that the um, people, the kids before them, under them are, they really care a lot about what they look like. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say to to someone who is struggling to understand what sets them apart or what their, what is my version of, you know, how do I do that in my, for my own life, for my own self? Um, my first thought is they should take your test and they should 
they should see, you know, what you, what you say on there. Is that something they can do on their website? Um, no, you have to contact mm-hmm. me for that. Cause it's okay. Um, okay. like a style consultation fee. I charge, gotcha, gotcha. um, like 197 for it. Um, but the, okay. so I'll walk you through the way that I, I take on clients. And so, okay. um, and so what I'll do is I don't typically offer discounts, but I will offer, a, I'll do half price for anybody on your podcast that wants oh, to um, do it. So the process is that, so I use, I'm a certified fascination advantage coach. So I typically will send you the link to a fascination advantage test. Um, that's the Sally Hogshead. Yes, you can go online and I think the test is like $50. Um, but the benefit of doing it through me is that I just send you the test and then we, and you're, you'll, you know, you're paying a little bit more to have me go through it with you, but it's very, very brand specific. Um, whereas if you're taking it, you end up with this 16 page report that's telling you all this awesome stuff about yourself, but you don't often know how it applies to you. And so you get this test and it breaks you down into an archetype and it tells you how the world sees you as opposed to like, it works really well in addition to the Myers-Briggs or any of the other like assessment tests that some of us have taken at like different jobs and stuff. Mm -hmm. The reason I love this one is because um, Haley is the only one that I know of in the world that tells you how the world sees you. So you know what people are thinking about you before you meet with anybody. It's the things that you're putting out there to your family, your friends, your boss, whatever. Um, and so you get a little snack snippet of it. And then all the rest of the reports, I help you to break down if you want to put it on your uh, Facebook or your Instagram or your LinkedIn. We can pull from that so that you have these adjectives um, to describe and put out there to the world and help you to understand yourself better as well. So that's the first thing we do. So now that's now we know who you are and how you're already being perceived. We have your brand right there in front of us. And then the second thing then is the style consultation. Um, and so then we go through that. So then you, so, um, you know, like I said, you end up with this formula of like, oh, here's how, you know, how, why I'm dressing the way that I am. And then here are some tips, you know, that I can give you to help you with that. So typically for both of those tests together, I usually do four ninety five. So if you choose to do one or the other, I'll do them for like under a hundred dollars you know, like $99 or something wow. So for your listeners. Okay. So you guys can just awesome. go to my website and then just email me or whatever. Um, there's a call button on there too. So just, if I don't pick up, I'll just, you can leave a message if you don't want to type, okay. but yeah, so then we can just, yeah, I'll link that. that in the show notes for people. Yeah. They can just kind of get it together. So what did I just, so typically it's 197 for each and I'll do each of them for like $97. Um, so that way they can pick like, well, maybe I'll just do the style test or maybe I'll just do the, the one or the other, but I would encourage you to do both um, so that you can end and start going into the new year, laying some foundation. And the Fascination Advantage test also gives you some great ideas if you're like, well, I'm home, but maybe in another year, the kids will be off and I may want to start doing something else. Um, and it gives you some great things like, well, maybe you should be a writer or maybe you should do, it tells you, you know, some things that might be a great career for you as well. Yeah. And we can mm-hmm. talk through all of that. So that's kind of what we do. And then for my upper echelon clients, um, I do you know, so after that, then I do a whole branding book for them that takes the two tests and I merge it together. And also, well, in my book, I also give the style test, but I think it's easier to take if I email it to you because it's so detailed that, um, to get it in a digital form was like nearly impossible. So I still Mm -hmm. have to old school it. So yeah. that I can get what yeah. I need from it. Um, but anyway, so then I build out a whole branding deck specifically for my clients. And then I do a lot of career coaching as far as like interviews and stuff like that based on your fascination advantage and your image so too. Cool. So, 
So yeah, yeah. it's that's, that's so it. cool. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to be doing at least one, probably both of those. Because <laughs> now I want to. I'm like, you need to help me. <laughs> I have some idea of my strengths, but I think it's what's interesting is it's like what other people perceive because we're often so aware of our own weaknesses mm-hmm. or our own challenges, but we don't really see what other people see. And they don't always notice the same things we notice about ourselves. No. And it's such a game changer. Like it literally takes eight minutes to take the test, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, you just, you're just like five or eight minutes away from just knowing, you know, and when I, so when I did mine, I'm trying to find my have it in reach. But when I did mine, it says that I am the connoisseur, for example. And so it says that I noticed like things in minute differences. So I know exactly you can line up 10 people, 10 rows of fabric, 10 glasses of whatever. You can just line up stuff. And inherently, I just know the right things to pick, which makes me great in my job, you know, Mm -hmm. so that when I'm shopping from you, I know just the right things to pick. You know, it tells me that. It tells me that I come across very warm-hearted. So those are the, these are the things that you're doing without trying, that I come across as yeah. an expert and that I come across very knowledgeable. So you would have to tell me that if you think that that's true because we're mm-hmm. meeting for the first time. Uh, it is true. So, well, it's true. You. Yep. And so then that's, that's my brand. Like that's what I'm putting out into the world. And so then the question becomes, right. how do you package that and filter it through everything that you're posting, filter it through, you know, all when you're interacting with your family, you know, and so I use it now. My husband is a maestro. He's very hard hitting. He is very detail oriented and uh, he likes to achieve. Everything's like, like go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking, he's always drilling me with questions and I hate it, but <laughs> I know that, you know, he, that's, he's a maestro, like he's result oriented. And so now I had to learn yeah. to speak his fast fascinating language. And so when I talk to him about something that's going on in my business, I'll have to say, I have to speak in numbers and talk about the outcome Mm -hmm. as opposed to me. I want to know how you feel about it, but he Uh wants to know what the outcome is. And so if he was a client Mm -hmm. and I have that information, you know, I know how to best serve him. So it's very powerful. Yeah, that's really cool. I've heard of Sally Hogshead and that, then that test, I think I heard about her originally through Tara Gentile. Mm -hmm who's a, like a business coach. And anyways, I, I, uh, used to follow her stuff a lot, but I, that's really interesting and really cool. So yeah, people grab that, jump on that. That's a really, that's a, that could be a super valuable. And I can see that also like, even for someone who's not, doesn't have a a business yet, even understanding like, what is, what do I, what do I not want to go buy? Because this is not going to be a good fit for me, whether it's just style wise Mm -hmm. or color wise or, you know, or just free yourself from feeling like you have to keep up with everybody else and go buy X, Y, Z that you may be wasting money on. Mm-hmm. And then being like, well, I feel terrible when I wear this. So why don't do yeah. that? You and know? I think the biggest thing, um, I think the, the, the biggest value, not the biggest value, but one of them is that we all have these items in our closet that we are not wearing. And you're like, Oh, I love that shirt. And mm-hmm. I saw it on my friend and you're just like, but I, I don't go to that portion of my closet or I'm not wearing it. And it might be because you are very classic in your style. And maybe the shirt is very feminine. Like last year, it was everything was a floral, you know, dress. Mm-hmm. Florals, florals, florals. And so, you know, and so, but maybe you really aren't like super feminine. And so, you know, but you were trying to jump on the trend bandwagon. And I'm just, I'm not for even though I'm in fashion, this shocks people. I'm not super trendy. 
you know? And mm-hmm. so I was in a meeting yesterday and, you know, I was presenting some items to these clients and they, she said, I'm really surprised that all these items on the rack, they're all approachable and very wearable. And I said, I know that it's surprising, but I'm actually not a very trendy person. I have an exceptional sense of style. So it's the way that Mm -hmm. I put it together. It's not so much about the thing. And that's what we're talking about today, that it's not so much about the outside things. And I want, you know, your listeners to get that that you are the brand, yeah. you are the light, you are everything that you need to be the best mom, wife, entrepreneur, whatever it is. And that what I'm trying to help mm-hmm. you do is say, how can we make that better by the way that you think, the way that you dress, the way that you choose to run your family, parent, the way that you choose to be you know, the wife, the way the people that you surround yourself with, putting the right things inside of your body. Again, not about size, but just about anything that's going to help you to be the best version of yourself so that you leave this legacy behind of, man, you know, when your kids are standing there and, and, uh, you know, talking about you, we're all going to come to a point right where we're no longer here. And it's fresh in my mom, my mind, because I lost my mom last September, but to mm-hmm. have 600 people showing up to her fa- her funeral and talk about the legacy that she left behind. And it had nothing to do about the fact that she was beautiful because she was, it had nothing to do with the fact that she had an exceptional sense of style because she did. It was about how she made them feel. So I'm saying package mm-hmm. that up, put it out into the world and make magic yeah. happen. <laughs> I love it. Okay. We have to just end there because we can't top it. That's the best. Make magic happen. Toy's going to help you make magic happen. So <laughs> get in touch with this lady however you can. Okay. So how can people find you online and, and what's the next step for people that are like, okay, I need more. So I am Toy Sweeney everywhere. T is in Tom, O-I. Except for on Twitter, I'm Sweeney Toy. Don't ask, it's weird. Um, <laughs> my website is toysweeney.com. I'm switching everything over to the well-dressed brand at some point. But okay. but yeah, for now, I'm toysweeney.com. I am also a backup guest um, for a fashion brand on QVC. So um, I do post on Facebook when I'm on and I also on Instagram when I'm on. So if you're interested in seeing me present some items there. We can do that. Also, if you guys don't mind, check out my television show, which is on Facebook, which is the Well-Dressed Brand TV show. Um, You can type that right into the space bar. Um, And I just did an interview with, I just interviewed Christy Wright. And um, we talked a lot about legacy, which we talked about today. So um, if you want some additional information, I'm talking to a lot of industry leaders. So like the page, follow it, all of those great things. So I look forward to that. That's exciting. I saw that. I can't wait to watch it. I love Christy Wright. Oh my goodness. She's just, it was amazing. It really was amazing. Yeah. That's so cool. What, how fun that you have a TV show. You're just, you're like going and you're only like two years out on the, on your own now. Like I know it's crazy. I, I, I feel like you have 10 years on, <laughs> under your belt from, well, you do, I mean, you do have more experience, but just being a, being an entrepreneur and way to go. You're right. Well, I think it. we all are entrepreneurs. Right. And so it's just a matter of like getting a product that you want to present out into the mm-hmm. world, but everybody all of us are entrepreneurs. And so the sooner we start to start thinking like entrepreneurs, the better off we'll be. Okay. Well, mic drop. That's the best. (laughs) That's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and your style. And now I feel like compelled to go um, ravage through my cop closet. (laughs) I will link everything in the show notes so people can get in touch with you and take advantage of those um, generous offers that you made and you'll be hearing from me soon. So I'll talk to you later. (laughs) Thank you so much. 
That girl is so fun. I love Toy. I'm so excited to work with her on the style questionnaire quiz thing that she mentioned on this episode. And if you want to take advantage of that as well, make sure and head to kindledpodcast.com. And when you um, scroll down, you will see the episode of uh, with Toy's photo and the title of this episode. You can click on that and that's where you'll find the show notes and you'll get a link there to the actual quiz and you can sign up to work with her in whatever capacity you want to, whether it's just doing the style questionnaire and then having her help you work through what your own personal brand could or should look like, um, or in some, in some other capacity, kindledpodcast.com for all the details there. Thank you guys for listening. And I will talk to you next week.